thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. But today, as Marie's already said, it's Palm Sunday. We don't follow a lot of the, the Christian calendar in the sense of um, looking at, at certain passages, but isn't it great that today on Palm Sunday, we're going to talk through a prayer of thanksgiving. It might not seem like a prayer of thanksgiving, but it is a traditional and typical prayer and psalm of thanksgiving. What a great day to remember the praise that greeted Jesus on his entry into Jerusalem. That Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the King of Kings. Jesus, the Messiah, reigns. And we said at the beginning of this series, the Psalms are playlist for our lives, that it's about, every Psalm is about that God reigns, the fact that God reigns, that God is overall, and Jesus is God in human form. No matter what, God reigns. Let me ask you a question. When did you last change your wardrobe? I don't mean the wooden bits, I don't mean the screws and the bolts, I mean when did you last change your wardrobe? I got this shirt after Christmas, I've worn it a couple of times now on a Sunday morning, and I really like it. But I've changed my wardrobe because I've got rid of all that old stuff that falls off me. When did you last change your wardrobe? I've chucked out some clothes that are too big for me. Jeans that are falling down, t-shirts that make me look really, really thin, or jumpers that just simply look horrendous. And some of them, I love those jumpers. I've got two jumpers I've got rid of, and I was really wanting to hold on to those jumpers because they're really snuggly and warm in the winter. I like the colours, I like them, and they're just really comfortable. But I've had to get rid of them because they're not the clothes I need to wear. They're not the clothes I need to be putting on. Or I've got rid of shorts that are simply not short anymore because my legs have gone thin. Or shorts that are too wide. And it's time to change my wardrobe. And it's not easy to change my wardrobe. It's going to cost me to change my wardrobe because I need to put on new clothes. But it does make me feel good to change my wardrobe. And I can be thankful for the journey I've come on. Today, we're going to read Psalm 30. Psalm 30, a typical song of thanks for Israel, a typical song of praise. A few weeks ago, we looked at a psalm that said, help if you remember that one, how long, Lord, how long, how long, help me. This psalm is a psalm of thanks after help has been given. It's a psalm for after that tough time has been come through. It doesn't finish naively as if to say, well, everything's going to be fine now. Everything's going to be rosy and it's going to be great. It knows that it declares throughout that God is exalted, that he reigns. It knows that there will be hard times in life, yet God can bring us through and that even in times of crisis and difficulty, we can give thanks. We've sung that this morning. The psalmist knows that faith that speaks the truth can never pretend that all will always be well and that all is as it should be. But they have experienced new life and grace. They've experienced those things and they know that despair and sorrow is not all powerful and that evil 
will never have the last word. That's what the psalmist is saying. Sorrow and despair is not all powerful and evil will never have the last word. That is a claim we can make if we are in Jesus. Let's read from Psalm 30. I'm going to read the whole psalm from verses 1 to 12. It should come up on the screen. Well done, Corey. Good job. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. For his anger lasts a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your thankfulness, your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Wow. I will thank you. I will thank you forever. Even though I've been through the valleys, even though I've been through, been to the dust, I will thank you. So, there are three stages in a psalm of thanks. The first one is, come on everyone, we need to praise God. Everyone come together and thank him for what he's done. That's the first stage. Declare his majesty, exalt him. Do you know, we can be an ungrateful bunch, can't we? Yeah? We can be an ungrateful bunch. I remember the hardest part for my parents, well, well, maybe it wasn't the hardest part if they're watching, but the hardest part, I think, sometimes was getting me to write thank you letters at Christmas. You young people today have no idea that you've got it made. You put a little message on Facebook, thanks for all the birthday gifts. How long does that take? Ten seconds? Thank you for all the gifts. Oh, thank you for all the messages. Job done. We had to sit down, usually on Boxing Day, with a sheet full of paper, a list of names, and we had to write individually. And my handwriting's awful. I'm really slow at writing. And we had to write painstakingly these letters to all these people who'd bought us presents. It was so hard. It was boring. It was time-consuming. It cost me. I, you know, it's e it was easier, actually, when my kids were younger... I found not so long ago, tidying out a drawer, it was easier to take a picture of the kids in Christmas hats, stick it on a piece of card, print something out on the computer, and then send it out. So you can see how things have progressed from that personal, costly, I've got to write this letter out, to the parents doing it, which cost the parents, and it was easier than nagging the kids, to now everybody just going, thanks for the birthday wishes, send. We've got it easy, haven't we? And we were thankful. I was thankful for the presence. I just didn't want to put the effort in to say it and do it. I didn't want to spend the time and take the cost to do it. I wanted to be playing with the presence. Surely, that's my way of showing I'm grateful. Playing with the presence they've brought me. Even if it was an embroidered handkerchief with my initials on. That's great. Just what a, a seven-year-old boy wants. 
a handkerchief with a J on it that he carries around in his pocket, uses once, no good. I'm not being funny, handkerchief, use it once, no good after that, is it? But anyway. But surely my gratitude is using the things I've been given, playing with the toys. And actually our attitude to God can be the same. He is worthy of our thanks. He created all that we can wonder at, as Donna talked about last week. He has given us so many good things. Yet, we may sometimes worship the creation rather than the creator. We may sometimes want to play with the toys that he's given us and enjoy the good things that he's given us rather than putting the time in to say thank you. The first bit of a psalm of thanks is to say, come on, everybody, let's thank, let's praise, let's put time in. Thanks is costly. Praise is costly. Surely, just me enjoying the beauty around me is enough to say thank you to God. Surely, I don't need to go to church to worship him. I don't need to, I don't need to give him my time. I can go for a walk in the hills. That's enough to thank him because I'm enjoying that creation. Maybe that's our attitude. But being thankful costs. It's not about fitting it in with our plan. It's about giving it him at the very beginning. At the psalm of thanks, it starts with everybody. Come on, let's thank him. Everybody, come on, let's exalt him. The first four verses in this psalm show David's thankfulness. They show that he is grateful. Why is he grateful? Because God lifts. Is that your experience today? Be grateful for it. God lifts. Have you thanked him? Have you thanked him that you've got up this morning? Have you thanked him that you've been able to eat food? Have you thanked him that you've got clothes on? God lifts. God listens. That's what he says. God listens. Have you thanked him that he listens? Have you thanked God today that he hears your cry? He responds. Look back in life. If you're not seeing it at the moment, he's already responded to you many times in your life. I can guarantee it. Give thanks. He heals, whether that's physically or spiritually. He can heal you and forgive you from all your sin. That is a guaranteed promise. Have you thanked him for it? Have you said, God, I'm so grateful. Have you brought others together and said, come on, let's thank him for it. Let's be grateful. Do you know, he's thankful that with, de- with God, death is not the end. There's a big one to be thankful for, isn't it? That with God, death is not the end. Evil will never have the last word. Are we thankful? Or do we just want to play with our toys rather than put the effort in? Do we want to just enjoy the things he's given us and, and just enjoy the good things? And surely that's enough. Let's give thanks. There's one verse in the middle of this psalm of thanks that I believe is key to remember. And when I went to Cape and Ray, they always said, when, you, when you're looking at a passage, find the key verse. I think there's two in this passage. I think there's two key verses that we need to remember. And one of them is right in the middle. It's the meat in the sandwich. Last week we had a praise sandwich. This week, the meat in the sandwich is verse five. Verse five says this, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. We see a few songs linked to this verse. Maybe as I've read those words, you could think of them. You know, any, Marie? What songs do we sing linked to that verse? Can you think of any? Graves into gardens, yeah. Turns morning into dancing, yeah. That's at the end, definitely. Matt Redman in in, um, Lord Let Your Glory Fall sings for his favour, sorry, his anger lasts a moment. (laughs) Nearly got it wrong way around, heretical. 
For his anger lasts a moment and his favor lasts a lifetime. That's in there. We sing it as part of our thanks. We also sing your love never fails that says there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's taken directly from this psalm. There's others. But firstly, in that, it's important to note that God's anger is always from a place of righteousness. God's anger is not like yours and mine. When do you get angry? When have you been angry in the last week or month? Think about it. Where did that anger come from? Maybe it's when you've been impatient. Maybe you've been to Burger King. Maybe you've been to Burger King and had to wait. Or you've been to Burger King and had a burger from Burger King. Maybe they've both made you angry. I saw somebody post something this week about the burger being, oh, I waited all this time. Oh, don't. (laughs) Maybe you've got angry because you're impatient. Maybe you've got angry because you've not had your own way. That's where our anger comes from, isn't it? Sometimes it's self-righteous anger. We've not got what we want, so we're going to get angry. I've, uh, yeah, I've experienced a bit of that in the last few weeks. Maybe it's just little bits each day that add up and add up and add up and add up and all of a sudden it blows at the wrong person at the wrong time. Is that your experience? That actually all of a sudden you just go and you take out everything that you've built up from other people on one poor unsuspecting person. And that person might just do one little thing. Where is your anger coming from? When do you get angry? Because I want to say this. Look at how you get angry. Look at how I get angry. God's anger is not like that. When it says his anger lasts a moment, it makes us feel a bit uncomfortable. But this is a God who loves. This is a God who cares. This is a God who gives. How can we talk about him being angry? That doesn't match with that image. Well, actually, God's anger is not from a place of self. It's not from a place of impatience. It's not from a place of of just not getting your own way. It's not built up from other people that he suddenly takes out on you. God's anger comes from a place of fairness. It comes from a place of justice. When he sees things that shouldn't be, when he sees things that aren't right, that's why it's called righteous anger. Because he's angry about things that aren't right. This verse is a little bit of an opposite verse. When I was getting rid of some of my clothes this week, um, I stood in front of Ros and tried them on and said, what do you think? Does this look too big? Does it look too baggy? You know, it was a bit of a fashion show, obviously, because my my wardrobe is so extensive and uh, full of uh, expensive names. Not. But when I was chucking them out, I tried on a pair of green shorts that I've never actually been able to fit in. And I managed to get them on. But Ros looked at me and went, don't wear those two together. Because I was wearing a green T-shirt. So I looked like, I don't know, one of the army soldiers off Toy Story, probably. I was green. I was Mr. Green Man. You know, Green Lantern, Green Cross Code Man. Who knows? But I was wearing it. And Ross said, don't ever wear those two things together. You just look stupid. You know? Mike Pilavacci at Soul Survivor, if you've ever seen him, he wears these very, very flamboyant shirts. And he uh, was told by Matt Redman once that there's a rule. You can have snazzy and not snazzy or snazzy and not snazzy. But you can't have snazzy and snazzy. That's not going to work. Snazzy and snazzy is not going to work. Wardrobes can have opposites. Can you imagine if today I'd come in this shirt, which is a bit loud, and I had trousers exactly the same? You know, I would look like Rupert the Bear, or worse. At least Rupert the Bear had trousers and then a red jumper. 
He didn't have a scarf, matching accessories. But can you imagine if I wore this shirt with a shirt exactly the same? Our wardrobe can have opposites. God's anger is right. God's anger does exist. But it only lasts a moment compared to his favour. As we give thanks, which one are we thinking about? Are we, are we cross because God has perhaps been angry with us? Or do we feel that sometimes we're going against God? We're going against his right? Do we get angry about the right things? God's anger is right, but it's only momentary. His favour, on the other hand, lasts a lifetime. His favour goes on and on and on and on. Think about the Duracell bunny. God's favour lasts longer. Think about Andrex toilet roll. God's favour lasts longer because God's favour lasts a lifetime and beyond. It lasts into eternity. There's an old Chinese proverb that talks about sorrow, very similar to this verse. It says that the sorrow comes to the tent for a night's lodging. Sorrow comes to the tent for a night's lodging. That implies that sorrow and sadness and grief and anger or whatever you want to call it comes and stays the night and lodges in your tent and the next morning it goes. Very similar. However, this psalm says God's better than that. This psalm says God's better than that because it says weeping may come for the night but joy comes in the morning. Not just weeping goes, not just sadness will go, not just this will pass, not just the sadness and the grief and God's anger will pass, but it's replaced by joy. God brings joy. The sorrow, the weeping may come for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The weeping never simply goes. Those of you who've experienced grief and loss in the last year, maybe in, in your lifetime, will know that the sadness will never necessarily completely go. But with God, we get joy. With God, he fills the emptiness with joy. He fills that gap because his joy lasts a lifetime. David knows as he's being thankful to God that crisis may come again, that bad times may happen, that valleys of darkness may come. But he is thankful for God who through our opposites, through our different situations of sadness and joy, God can still bring rejoicing even in the darkest of times. The end of the psalm says a lot about God's wardrobe for life. Today is the first day in ages it's been warm in here. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm having a hot flush, I don't know. But it's the first time it's felt quite warm in here, ready for next week. That's good, isn't it? And actually, I could have come in today and I could have put my uh, thick winter jacket on over the top of my shirt. I could have worn this and I could have put this on. I'm going to damage my microphone now by doing this, I can tell. I could have worn this coat because I was cold, maybe, and I could have zipped it up and I could have put it on and gone, you know, I'm going to hide myself away and I'm going to cover up that lovely bright shirt that I've got. You know, which is better? Now I look like Liam Gallagher's doing the service, don't I? You like this one, Joe. Joe, Joe prefers this one. I think it's hurting his eyes, but there we go. But I could have worn this, but actually I've chosen to shine brighter than that. I've chosen to take off my coat because actually I've come inside. I've come inside where it's warm, it's safe, and actually I want to be, I want to be bright. 
That is our choice this morning with God's wardrobe. He has given us garments to wear. The Bible is full of passages where he's given us a new wardrobe. Yet some of us are still sticking with that old one. There'll be times I've needed my winter coat when it's been cold. I've needed it to face the the harsh winter and the cold wind. But actually, God says to me as I come into his presence, take that off. Leave it. Leave it. Put on new clothes. Psalm 30, verses 11 to 12 say this. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent, Lord my God. I will praise you forever. You've turned my wailing into dancing. You've removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. He's given us a garment of praise. He's given us a garment of thanks. And yet some of us are still choosing to wear the clothes that we wear for the harshness. Some of us are still putting on stuff that hides away who we really are. And God says, I want you to change your wardrobe. Choose to put on the garment of praise. Even if the times have been dark, even if it's been cold, even if it's been difficult, put on my clothes. Put on what I've given you. You know, in ancient times, there were rituals for mourning. If, you, if somebody died, there were certain rituals that you had to observe. Sackcloth wasn't like a potato sack like we have. It was black goat's hair woven together, and the garments could be as small as a loincloth, apparently, or as big to cover you completely. Either way, people would know you had lost a loved one, that you were mourning. Before you even put the sackcloth on, you would rip your clothes off, rip them in half to show how grief-stricken you were. A bit like the Incredible Hulk, you know? Instead of you won't like me when I get angry, you won't like me when I get sad. Take your clothes. Demonstrating that anguish, demonstrating that despair. They were itchy. They were uncomfortable. And then when you were wearing them, you'd lie in the dust on the floor, symbolizing that return to the dust. God said, you know, or Job said, sorry, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's where we get that from. There are other outward expressions. There would be shaving off your hair. I'm not sad today. It's just the way I am. Ripping your beard out. Joel, fancy ripping your beard out. Jake, fancy. You know, somebody gets, so you, you get into such a state where you just go, Rah. Could you imagine that? The morning would last for seven days. Women were even paid to come and cry loudly alongside you. That was what it was all about. You would refrain from wearing any fancy clothes and no perfume would be worn. So not only would you be itchy and dirty, you'd be smelly. It would become known that you were mourning. You would be seen by your wardrobe. You would be seen by your actions that sorrow and crisis was with you and that nothing was going to alter for at least seven days. God says, change your wardrobe. Change your wardrobe. And he says, I'll help you change it. You're not on your own. I'll help you. I'll choose the right things for you. He says, you turn my wailing into dancing, remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Today, God can clothe you with garments of joy, of garments of praise. God wants us to change our wardrobe, but he won't do it for us. He will help us, but it's a choice. Colossians chapter 3 has two verses. Verse 12 says, clothe yourselves with compassion, 
with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. There's a lot of clothes God's given you to put in your wardrobe. Are you wearing them? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Are we wearing them? There's the new wardrobe. Put it on. And as you start doing it, it becomes more natural. It becomes more natural. Two verses later, he says, put on love. Have you, have you pulled love out of the wardrobe today? Have you put love on? Are you wearing it? He's giving it you. Isaiah chapter 61 is full of this imagery. It says God gives us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. You know, when they poured ash on their head, they would have looked, it would have been obvious. But God has given us a crown Kings, princes, princesses, he has given you a royal crown. He's welcomed you to the family. So put the right clothes on. Show everybody you're in the family. He's given us oil of joy instead of mourning. He's given us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. God wants to change your wardrobe. And he asks you to put them on. Verse 10 says, he has clothed me with garments of salvation. There's where it starts. If you're not a Christian today, then you're not saved. But he can give you a garment of salvation. He gives you a cloth that covers the old, that drapes around you a robe of righteousness. And we know all about the armor of God, don't we? He's given you a wardrobe to wear. Put it on and give thanks. Change your position and your perspective, Donna said last week. Change your wardrobe. Put them on. Don't leave them there. Silly, isn't it? If you've got clothes galore lying around, if they're no good, get rid of them. Put on the right clothes. Put on the right clothes. Don't look at what has been, but look at what can be and what will be like. That's what this psalm of thanks does. It looks at what can be, what will be, and what is, not what has been. I want to finish this morning by contrasting two things. Those verses in Isaiah and the verses here talk about those sackcloth and they would wear sackcloth and ashes. And the ashes are the ashes of mourning, not mourning as in M-O-R-N, M-O-U-R-N. The ashes of mourning with the oil of joy. Well, let's contrast those two things. Ashes are like dust, aren't they? They blow away, they fall away, they don't last. You know, in the Church of England, I think it's on um, the day after Lent, the day Lent begins, Ash Wednesday, that's the one. <laughs> Brain goes. On Ash Wednesday at school, in the Church of England school I used to teach in, and I know in the church services, the children would go forward or people would go forward and get the mark of the cross in ash on their head to recognise God's protection was through Jesus dying. Are those children still walking around with ash on their head? No, they've probably had a wash. But it doesn't last that long. Ashes don't last very long. They blow, they blow away, they're dusty. Oil, on the other hand, sticks around a bit, doesn't it? Oil can't be shaken off. Oil has to be intentionally broken down to be removed. You know, if you've ever washed a, a baking tray that's, that's had oily roast potatoes in them, you need fairy liquid or other brands are available, and you need that soap to break down the fats in order to get it clean. Oil is not easily shaken off. It needs to be intentionally removed. Maybe today, sorrow or crisis 
has been a visitor to your tent recently. Maybe it's visiting right now. Maybe you've been clothed in sackcloth and maybe you've been sat in the ashes of mourning. God says, I can change your wardrobe. The ashes will blow away. The ashes won't last. But the oil of joy, you have to intentionally get rid of that. The oil of joy will stick. The oil of joy will stay. God says, I want to change your wardrobe and I want you to change it with me. The first step is to accept the new clothes he gives, to say yes, to say thank you and put them on. As we look at this psalm, we recognize that sorrow and crisis will come to us, but they last a moment. Whereas God's favor is eternal. His joy is deep. His joy is the oil of joy. And you ain't getting rid of that easily. And his love is for all. So what's it got to be? Open that wardrobe. Put on the clothes he's given you. The garment of praise. The oil of joy. The armor of God. The garments of salvation. Because they'll help you to stand. They'll help you to live. And they'll give you favor that lasts a lifetime and into eternity. But the first step on this Palm Sunday is accepting Jesus as King, saying, Hosanna, that he came to die, to rise again. Will you change your wardrobe? Will you accept the clothes he's given you? Because he took all the rubbish ones on him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word and I pray that as we look at this psalm we recognize that your anger lasts a moment but your favor lasts a lifetime father God I pray that we will know that you can turn our wailing into dancing that you can turn our mourning into dancing that you can turn the ashes of mourning into the oil of joy father I pray for anyone who is just still choosing to put on that heavy coat against the winter when you're saying take it off come into my presence and shine Put on that new wardrobe. I'll help you. I'll help you. In Jesus' name, amen.